0: Hello, this is Rob in Orlando, and you're listening to Treks in Sci Fi. Sci-fi. 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 Sci-fi.
1: Sci-fi. 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 Sci-fi.
0: Thanks, Rob in Orlando. And yes, you are indeed listening to Treks in Sci Fi. It is April 1st, 2007, and this will be podcast number 113. Going to talk about uh, animated, uh, primarily cartoon series this week, uh, mostly superhero shows, things I've enjoyed, Saturday morning cartoons over the years, uh, and some announcements, some news, and the general Trex in sci-fi goodness. So stand by. Here we go. Trex in sci-fi. Again, I'd like to welcome everyone to the podcast for this week. This is Rico, and I will, as always, uh, as usual, be your host for Drexin Sci-Fi. I hope everyone's doing well. It's a new month. It's April 1st, uh, April Fool's Day. Uh, I don't really usually do a whole lot for April Fool's Day. I don't know if a lot of people do. It's just kind of there, I guess. Uh, it's actually my uncle's birthday, so happy birthday uh, to my uncle, Robert. Robert. Uh, He's uh, celebrating his birthday today. So, Today, though, like I said at the beginning of the show, we're going to be mainly talking about um, kind of cartoon series. I did a comic book uh, podcast uh, several uh, podcasts back, not that long ago, and it kind of brought to mind how much I've enjoyed uh, Saturday morning cartoon shows uh, and animated series about comic book characters and superheroes and things like that over the years. So I thought it'd be fun to do a podcast about that. So that's going to be the main subject today. But first, we've got a few bits of news to discuss. Oh, to begin with, uh, like I've been doing, uh, today's drink is Red Bull. was out kind of uh, a little bit late last night. Uh, on Saturday night, Went out, uh, Lynn and I, uh, my wife and I went out with uh, a couple of friends, uh, a fellow school teacher uh, that she's taught with, and her husband, and met up for dinner, uh, you know. And it was uh, very nice, but it was a little bit of a later evening, so uh I decided I needed a little bit of a Red Bull this morning to get ready for the podcast. So, so anyway, that's the drink for today. No Gatorade right now, at least. A uh, couple of bits of news. One was, hey, you heard at the beginning of the podcast, uh, we had a little guest intro there by a guy named Rob from Florida, and uh, I'm asking everyone in the listening audience to, uh, you know, create a little short snippet of an intro and send it in to me. It doesn't have to be very long, you know, short is good, 10 seconds, you know, 10, 15 seconds and just say something like, you know, this is such and such from, you know, wherever you want to do, you know, if you want to give that away where you're from, you know, you can say from the planet Earth, from the United States, from, you know, Europe or whatever you feel like saying. Uh, I wouldn't give out your address, but (laughs) anyway, if you create a, a small little intro, just say who you are and you're, you know, say something like. You're about to listen to Treks in Sci-Fi, and I'm going to try to put one of those at the beginning of each podcast. Uh, I've been trying to do that uh, with these little computerized things and other little sound effects and stuff at the beginning of the show, but I thought it would be kind of fun for you know, getting listeners to create a little uh, snippet, a little intro audio. And you can create an MP3 and email it to me at treksf at gmail.com. You can do it over the voicemail line, too, but the quality on that is not as good. You can always call that and leave comments 206 Eight, eight treks but if you are going to do an intro I, I would recommend you create your own little mp3 and send it in the quality will be a lot better so I'm looking forward to getting those and playing them on the show
1: Rico has the best sci-fi and Star Trek information on the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast
0: Okay on to uh, other news and information going on in the world of sci-fi fantasy Star Trek we'll start with Star Trek there was um the biggest bit of news that I see that just got posted at the uh, TrekMovie.com website today, and it is April 1st. So I kind of uh, everything on the everything on the internet uh, today, being April Fool's Day, I take kind of with a grain of salt. But there is supposedly a early production uh, drawing of the sort of reimagined Enterprise for. Or the next movie for the Star Trek film uh, being worked on by J.J. Abrams. Now, it basically it looks like a uh, sort of a slightly re- reimagined uh, original series Enterprise, so who knows what, what this really means, if this is true, if it's not. I I am not really quite buying it completely right now. I'm kind of on the fence. I don't know if they're... The, the design is not really that different than the original series, but the primary hull is quite a bit different, uh, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to post this up uh, in the podcast notes uh, for this week's show. So take a look at the drawing there and, and let me know what you guys think of uh, the reimagined Enterprise and if you think this is going to really be the case. Uh, even if it is an early drawing, they could certainly change it before they go to production. But it kind of looks neat. Uh, I'm not; wouldn't be surprised if they do change the design a little bit. Uh, but we'll have to see how it goes. Oh, one other bit of Trek movie news. It's been, uh, the storyline and, and setting for the movie has been, you know, gone, uh, it's been rumored and nothing really solid has been uh, come out, but I'm hearing more uh, discussions and things that it won't really be set so much at Starfleet Academy in the very early days of Kirk and Spock. It will be more uh, after they kind of are out of the Academy and kind of on a first mission together, something along those lines More more likely than being at the Academy. So we'll have to see how that all works out and if that's true or not. But I'll uh, keep you posted on what I find out. In one other uh, bit of Star Trek news, Will Wheaton, who played uh, Wesley Crusher, of course, on The Next Generation, is going to be writing a story for the next Star Trek manga comic book. This uh, just got announced recently. And I, I enjoyed the first manga Star Trek book. It's a ten dollar black and white uh, manga comic with about five Star Trek stories, uh, different stories in it uh, by different authors and and different artists, and, and they did a nice job on it. So Will Wheaton from TNG is going to be doing one of the stories for the next Star Trek manga comic, which should be uh, out in a few months.
2: Hi, this is Len from Job on Radio, and whenever I need the latest Star Trek or sci fi news. I listen to my friend Rick on the Trex and Sci-Fi podcast. Hey, do you think he's going to be talking about Wookies? Because I love Wookies.
0: On uh, the Star Wars news front, uh, one comment or a couple of comments about what's going on in the Star Wars universe right now. Uh, something uh, has changed for the Hyperspace membership. If you were, if you know, uh, if you go to StarWars.com, there is a sort of an exclusive content area called Hyperspace there. And previously, they've had a, uh, that's been bundled, uh, if you subscribe to the Star Wars Insider magazine, you got a uh, access to all the hyperspace content. Well, they've dropped that uh, connection right now. They, the Star Wars Insider is going through some uh, changes and is going to be published by uh, Titan Magazines, I think is the company, uh, the one that's d- doing the new also uh, Star Trek monthly magazine. Well, not monthly, I think it comes out every two months, I'm sorry, but the Hyperspace uh, membership, they're adding some more new content, and it's also going to be, like I said, separated from the magazine part, and for $14.95 a year, you can have access to uh, Hyperspace, new content, behind-the-scenes things, uh, first looks at some of the upcoming animated uh, series, Star Wars series information, and I'm sure in the future, things uh, access to some of the live-action info for the Star Wars live-action series as well. So. This is kind of an interesting development. They're, you know, they're separating the the magazine, the Insider, and the Hyperspace membership. Uh, I'm not sure what I think about that right now. We're gonna have to wait and see how the new Star Wars magazine, the new Star Wars Insider, works out and how that looks anyway. But uh, I guess it's kind of nice because a lot of people don't bother with the magazine so much. So maybe they think Hyperspace keeping uh, it as a separate membership is probably a good thing, which which I probably agree with. I think so. We'll see how that works out. A few other uh, Star Wars tidbits, of course, a lot of people probably know about the R2-D2-styled uh, mailboxes that are showing up around uh, the United States right now. Basically, it's a mailbox with some R2-D2 decals kind of sh- stuck on it. The mailbox is a little different as well, I think. Uh, that's uh, Those, of course, are not really something you can collect unless you want to get in trouble with the law. So, But those uh, you can find those uh, around the country right now. The other bit of news is, of course, they're going to be releasing a Star Wars stamp, the post office is, for kind of celebrating uh, the 30th anniversary of Star Wars this year, which is pretty cool. They did uh, a Star Trek stamp uh, several years ago. I'm trying to think. I think it was the 30th anniversary, if I remember correctly, which would have been about 10, 10 years ago now. They did a uh, Star Trek stamp for um, for the 30th anniversary, I believe it was. So that's kind of cool that they're doing this for Star Wars as well to celebrate its uh, 30th anniversary. And the last bit of news I wanted to mention for the collectors out there, Master Replicas, if you're a member of their collecting society for this year, they have announced, uh, not a lot of detail on this yet, but they have announced an upcoming collector society only 100-piece uh, edition of some kind of an item they haven't really said anything more about when they're going to do this or what the item is, but it's going to be limited to 100 pieces, Collector Society only, I think. Oh, I'm sorry. They did say this. what this is. I, I Excuse me. It's going to be a Shadow Stormtrooper limited edition helmet. Uh, sorry about my stuttering problem there. That wasn't the recording. <laughs> It's a, again, Shadow Stormtrooper limited edition helmet, which will make it basically like a, a Stormtrooper helmet that will be painted black in, a, in some way. So that will be kind of a cool item. And uh, with only 100 of them being made, the way it looks like Master Replicas is going to do this is they're going to raffle it off. Gentle Giant, a statue and, and bust uh, maker uh, for Star Wars and other licensees, has been, uh, of course, doing a raffle recently for black and white versions of animated Star Wars uh, statues, and they're going to be, of course, like I said, Master Replicas is taking this idea, this raffle idea. So you have to be a part of the collector society for Master Replicas, get in the raffle, and and win the raffle to have the opportunity to get this uh, very limited edition item. So of course, uh, Rico was going to get a or take a shot at this. We'll see how it works out. Uh, I think master replicas. I don't know how many people they have in the collector society, but it's going to be a, kind of a shot in the dark if you if you win one of these and you get lucky enough. I can see these really skyrocketing on eBay once they get in people's hands. Very easily. I mean, their helmets cost in the three fifty to four hundred plus range uh, for cost. So you know that's a minimum. Uh, you know that's just a retail price. And then, of course, you know you can double, triple, who knows, quadruple that on eBay for the, such a limited item. So we'll see how this works out. And that's it for our news and info this week. I'm going to come back in a second with starting the show on animated and other cartoon-type uh, TV shows. Well, OK, here we go with the main topic, uh, animated and, and one, at least it's not animated uh, cartoon type shows that have been uh, really some of my favorite uh, TV things to watch over the years. I was a big as I was growing up, a uh, big fan of watching cartoons on Saturday mornings and then after school, that kind of thing, uh, whenever they happen to be on. And, and, you know, when I was growing up, of course, and, and this will sound like old guy talk, but uh, bear with me. Uh, You know, we didn't have cable, we didn't have Cartoon Network, so you really had to catch these things. There were no DVDs, there weren't even video uh, recorders, so you had to really catch these shows when they were first on. Now, I'm going to try to do sort of a slightly chronological, or in chronological order of these shows as they sort of came out. And uh, a couple of uh, disclaimers here before we get started. One. These are not, by any means, you know, all the shows that I've enjoyed, or or the even necessarily the the, the biggest and best of them. These are just sort of about a. I think it's about six or seven that I'm going to go over that come to mind when I think of shows that I've really enjoyed. So they're probably basically some of my favorites, and I hope some of your favorites as well. And if you haven't seen some of these, uh, again, we're in the day right now where you can get these things on, on DVD. I think just about everything I'm going to talk about uh, is available on DVD, so that's kind of a very cool thing. So here, uh, what I'm going to do is to start off each of these topics or, or different shows, I'm going to play the uh, opening credits or theme music and song To the show. So here's the first one, and you can kind of eh, maybe guess what this one is. the theme to the British import show called The Thunderbirds. Uh, this was a Jerry Anderson series that was uh, came out in uh, September 1965, ran to December of 1966, and it only lasted really, uh, it was a half hour show, only lasted like 31 episodes, uh, but it was very cool. Uh, for those not familiar with this, basically it was about the the Tracy family, and they lived on this island. And they they had a um, the the father of all these Tracy boys created a uh, an organization called International Rescue. And they had these very cool vehicles that would launch off when there was some kind of problem going on in the world, an earthquake, and people trapped or or a submarine that was disabled underneath the ocean, or an airliner that couldn't land properly had lost an engine. And they would uh, launch these various cool vehicles from their island hideaway and to go off, uh, the international uh, rescue team would go off and, of course, save the day. You know, they were kind of uh, superheroes in a way, regular guys, but they had all this these cool gadgets, and for a kid, Growing up, uh, watching this show, it was uh, very cool. Very cool. They these uh, the vehicles would launch from you know the pool would slide away on the island. The swimming pool would slide away, and a rocket ship would take off from the island and and then head off to uh, investigate the trouble. Thunderbird One would be the first ship on the scene, and he would sort of survey the situation and try to call in which other whichever of the other Thunderbirds like Thunderbird Two could. Uh, carry different vehicles and equipment that were needed it had a little module in the center and a very very cool series and this was done in something called a uh, super marionation it was done with puppets basically not a real animated series but they did with, did it with puppets and these guys bouncing around on strings and it had a very unique look uh but you know the stories were not uh, they weren't really very kid-like I mean there were some mysteries and spies and people would uh get hurt and occasionally somebody would get shot or even killed if I recall correctly and it was a it was a very cool show very much a, a product of the 1960s and espionage and and bad guys and 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 a slightly a uh, terrorists occasionally you know blow up a bridge and you know they would have to go in and, and save the day and rescue people I can't spend a lot of time on each show as we go through them but I just wanted to give you a little taste of the Thunderbirds uh, of course like this and all the shows I'm going to talk about it's available on uh, on DVD. And up next uh, here I'm going to play a another theme song to a uh, an older show but I think yeah most people will recognize this music theme from the show from the credits and the opening uh, scenes and I'll come back and talk about it.
1: Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size. Can't you see? Just like guy's here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Blitz and blood. He's got radio active blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes the Spider-Man. In the chill of night, at the scene of a crime. Like a street of light, he arrives just in time. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Wealth and faith, he's Action is his reward to him. Life is a great big hang Wherever there's a hang-up, you find
0: the Spider-Man. Well, of course, there you go, Spider-Man. Probably one of the most recognizable bits of uh, theme music ever created for a superhero cartoon uh, television series. This, of course, was the first Spider-Man uh, series uh, cartooned uh, in a long string uh, of Spider-Man cartoon series. Actually, there's a new one that's going to be coming out uh, on the WDB network in 2008, which will be like the 10th Spider-Man cartoon show uh, that's been on the air. Uh, also, there was one live-action series in the 80s that wasn't uh, very long-lived. But Anyway, I want to talk about mainly about the 60s show. It was on from uh, September 1967 to Originally uh, to September of 1969, lasted for three seasons basically, 52 episodes, also all out on DVD right now. And Spider-Man, like I said on the comic book podcast, has been always one of my uh, all-time favorite superheroes. I've just always liked the character. Uh, I've liked Peter Parker. I, I think the, uh, the the superpowers that he have really work well uh, on both the TV cartoon series and in the comic series And, you know, he's always a guy that's having to struggle. He never really used his powers uh, except at the very, very beginning of his career to try to uh, take advantage like he could. You know, given that kind of power, he could have gone off and, you know, become some kind of big-time athlete or or wrestler like he tries to do at the very beginning. But, you know, he he doesn't... do that what happens with his uncle ben and those people you know most people i think listening to the show understand the the origin and know the the history and background on spider-man so i'm not going to go into that but you know peter always decided that with that kind of power that he was given that he needed to do something with it and of course with what happens with his uncle and the guilt and the blame that he takes upon himself uh, it makes him really want to go out there and do good uh in the world even though he's uh He's not a very well-liked superhero, and, and that shows up in the cartoon series. You know, this series from the 60s, they did some great episodes. These are not very kiddy, you know, very young-oriented uh, at all. It's not like, you know, uh, the stories are solid. The You know, it's adult-type uh, uh, stories, of course, set with a superhero, a guy who can climb a wall. So how, how uh, you know, really adult is it, I guess, when you look at it uh, that way, but... It's it's really good, and the voices the voices that they got to do the different characters were good, and the music I really love the uh, this style uh, show with the kind of you know I've mentioned before on music podcasts and in different times throughout the the history of doing this show that they the music in a show really adds a lot for me, and the Spider Man this cartoon series from the '60s used a lot of background music to really emphasize the mood and you know what was going on in the particular scenes, which I always enjoyed so. The Spider-Man cartoon from the 60s. If you've never had a chance, you know, check some clips out on YouTube and uh, rent a couple of the DVDs. They have the entire, uh, which I have on my DVD shelf, the entire series is out as one nice package deal. You can get the whole show uh, on on a DVD set for, I think, in the $40 40 to $50 range, which is a great deal to have all these uh, cartoons from this amazing show uh, available in one big uh, chunk like that. So, Spider-Man cartoon series from the 60s. Really set the stage for a lot of uh, superhero and cartoon shows to come. And next up, we're moving into... Let's see, where are we at in our time frame? I think we're going to move into an 80s show next. Yes, this will be an 80s cartoon. So listen to this music uh, or, or opening theme credit, uh, and I'll be back to talk about the show.
1: Wow, it's deep. Give me a break. Look out! Fear not, Ranger, Barbarian, Magician, Thief, Cavalier, and Acrobat what was that? That was Benjamin, the force of evil. I am Dungeon Master, your guide in the realm of Dungeons & Dragons.
0: Ah, yes, the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon series. This series uh, was on from uh, September of 1983 to December of 1985. lasted for 27 episodes, half hour each. I was a, I've never, I don't think I've talked a whole lot about this, but uh, I used to uh, play a lot of Dungeons & Dragons, loved the game, had a lot of good friends that we would get together and play pretty regularly in college and high school. I still do it occasionally, not nearly as much as I used to, uh, but I always enjoyed uh, role playing games. Probably spend more time now playing role playing games on the computer and World of Warcraft and that kind of thing. But uh, Dungeons and Dragons, the cartoon series, uh, took some of uh, what you know what was in the D and D game and used it for a cartoon series. It was basically about a group of kids. They go to an amusement park and are transported to sort of a uh, an adventure D&D type land where they're all given different weapons and they all become different classes kind of and characters in, in sort of a world like Dungeons and & Dragons. And there's an enemy called Venger that's always after them. And they go through various adventures in the different episodes. And there's a short little guy who looks a lot like uh, Yoda, even kind of talks a little bit like him. Uh, who's called the the Dungeon Master, who kind of helps them along their way and their journey to try to get home. They never do make it uh, make it home throughout the series, which was kind of a little bit of a disappointment that they never capped it off with an episode where they managed to get home. But it was a cool little show, and for a D and D fan, it was kind of neat. Uh, you know, most of the characters and creatures and things they ran into weren't very much uh, from the standard you know monster manuals and things out of. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, I don't know. I think it was kind of okayed with TSR, who was, I think, the license holder for D&D at the time. But they they did kind of their own thing. They sort of took the D&D concept in a fantasy world and put their own spin on it. But a real fun show, also uh, recently out on DVD. Gotta love uh, DVDs these days. All these uh, cool old shows are all showing up and coming out on uh, DVD, which for people that weren't around when these were airing, uh, even Cable, I think, was a showing uh, the Dungeons Dragons cartoon for a short time on one of the networks. Uh, but it is also, like I said, available on DVD. You can rent them uh, or buy the set. Uh, a lot of fun, cool little show, and had some really cool stories, especially towards the end of the series. Uh, they got pretty uh, deep. They were um, There was one cool episode, I'll, I'll just kind of highlight it in particular, where they go to an area. They'd always been fighting uh, Avenger, who was this evil, um, kind of looked like a vampire a bit. Character who always chased them and tried to stop them each week from doing uh, what they were doing and, and take their powerful weapons that the dungeon master gave them. But they went to this dragon graveyard place, and what happened in the dra- dragon ga- graveyard, excuse me, was that their weapons became a lot more powerful than normal, and they were able to basically defeat Venger. And they have him at one point in this episode, uh, and I don't want to give a lot away, but they have him, they could kill him if they wanted to, which it's kind of like when Batman uh, over the years catches the Joker. It's do they do they kill the the, the bad guy and end this whole struggle back and forth of, of always having to fight the bad guy, or, or what do they do? And it's, uh, it's a really good episode. So check out Dungeons & Dragons, the animated cartoon series from the 80s. Uh, we're going to move into the next show right now. is a very recognizable music um, also uh, sort of a version of it was heard in the first Batman movie or the Batman movie from the 80s that of course is the Batman the animated series that started in September of 1992 it lasted for four seasons it was on the Fox Network. Uh, lasted for 85 episodes. I think it, yeah, it eventually spins off into the Adventures of Batman and Robin, when Robin comes on the scene and joins uh, the Caped Crusader in his fight against crime. This was an amazing cartoon series. Just the animation, the voice and the character work, the stories, uh, the writing, uh, just the whole show. Uh, probably one of the best uh, of the series and the most polished of the ones I'm going to talk about today. Really great show. Very much a kind of a, the look of it and the animation were kind of a throwback to the, uh, the old Fleischer cartoons of the 40s and, and that. Uh, very stylistic, not a, not a very realistic uh, looking uh, show, but just amazing. Uh, really great stuff. Uh, Kevin Conroy did the voice of, of Batman, Bruce Wayne. And I think just was a perfect fit and a perfect fit for for the voice and for the character of Batman. Really captured it well. Really did a great job in both uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman roles. And they had a, a lot of other great voice uh, people, great actors doing the voices. They had Mark Hamill from Star Wars, of course, Luke Skywalker doing the Joker. You know, he's like Hello, kitties. He just he just could capture the Joker and the laugh and. He did such a great job with it, really. And Mark Hamill over the years has become quite the uh, voice actor for doing cartoon shows. He's done a lot of it, and he he can really change his voice quite a bit, really gets into the characters. Ed Asner, uh, Brock Peters, Mary Lou Henner, uh, John Vernon, uh, just a, a whole long list of great actors doing the voices in the, in the guest spots and some of the uh, bad guys for Batman to go up against. Uh, Really, uh, really good picks. Um, Bob Bob Hastings, uh, who was in the Who Framed Roger Rabbit movie, uh, just a whole bunch uh, uh, bunch of great people playing these different characters and voices for the animated show of Batman. This is again available on DVD. Uh, if you haven't seen any of these, you got to really pick some of these up. If you're a fan of of the Batman character and animation in general. Uh, Great stuff, and this eventually uh, led to another uh, cartoon series in the same sort of time frame. It started off a few years later uh, with some of the same production people on it, and I'm going to play the opening credit music to that right now. love that opening music. Uh, really, really strong. That, of course, is the opening music to the Superman uh, cartoon series, the Superman show from the 90s. This uh, first premiered in September of 1996. Uh, again, sort of falling on the heels of the very uh, popular and very successful Batman animated series. This ran until uh, 2000, early 2000, February. Uh, went for 54 episodes in total, uh, again, uh, an excellent take on on Superman and the animation again is, is very much like the Batman series uh, very sort of stylized and but it fits and it almost fits Superman in a way a little bit more than, than Batman, I think, just because this kind of style of animation had been used in, in very some of the very early uh, Superman cartoons. It's of course more, a little more modern looking and uh, but just like the Batman cartoon, it goes through. They, they really have a chance over the seasons and the episodes to get into the characters. The, the all the bad guys show up. Uh, things even some new ones we've never seen before. Uh, really, uh, but mo- of course all the big ones. Lex Luthor is his big nemesis throughout the run of the show. Uh, again, really strong voice actors for this show. They had uh, Timothy uh, Timothy Daly played the uh, dual role of Clark Kent and Superman. Really uh, good good actor for for doing that. Uh, Really a good voice for the part. Dana Delaney was who was on that old show China Beach. Uh, it was in the role, she did Lois Lane's part. Uh, they had Clancy Brown, played uh, Lex Luthor throughout the series. Really strong voice, good voice for Lex uh, Lex Luthor's character. Uh, a lot of other actors in, in some of the guest stars Joanna Cassidy, George Dunsda, uh, Dana Delaney I mentioned. Uh, let's see who else. Oh, one unique thing. Uh, the TV show House These Days, uh, the one that plays Cuddy, uh, Lisa Edelstein is her name. She played a role of Mercy Graves. Uh, Mercy, who was, I, I think that was Alex's assistant on the show. Uh, a lot of Jolie Fisher, Mike Farrell, uh, just great. She- Shelley Febre was Martha Kent. Uh, Mike Farrell was Jonathan Kent. Joseph Bologna. Uh, I don't know. Is that how you say his name? Bologna? Bologna? <laughs> He uh, was a, a cop on the show. Just great stuff. Both the Batman and the Superman cartoon series from the '90s. You know, they really got some great voices and, and talent to do these shows. You know, they could have definitely picked uh, lesser-known people. Uh, people they could have gotten a little cheaper, maybe. But but they didn't do that. And the animation and the stories. Uh, I I just can't say enough about how great these two shows are. And again, available on DVD. So check out the Superman show as well as uh, the others I've mentioned. And next up are our next show. That one might have been a little harder for people to get, uh, depending on how much uh, uh, cartoon watching you do. But that is from the 1990s run of the X-Men cartoon series from Fox. That first started in 1992. Uh, it went through uh, to 1997. Uh, it lasted for five, yeah, five seasons. And 76 episodes, uh, another really, really great uh, series, if you're, especially, if you, obviously, if you're a fan of the X-Men. Now, along with uh, Spider-Man and Spider-Man Comics, X-Men has, has been always, uh, like I said on the comic book uh, podcast, has uh, always been one of uh, my very favorite comics, X-Men and, and the Mutants, and the fact that uh, it, it's a very much a story about prejudice and against the, the different characters. Uh, you know they they have these strange powers and abilities and and the rest of society kind of shuns them and doesn't like them it, it's a it's a really great uh, concept and great comic book uh, series and all the various x-men comics there's tons of them these days so I've always followed this and know the characters real well and I was very impressed and really enjoyed this x-men cartoon series. I think uh, maybe out of all the the cartoons I'm talking about I think to me, this one was probably one of the ones that was that used a lot of the the enemies, the good guys, the bad guys, the, some of the storylines, and really tra It really, excuse me, stayed pretty true to the to the comic books and the the style and the mood and the and just the comic book. Uh, you know what had gone on in the comics. They they really stayed pretty close to it, and, and they did a good job with this. Now, this one, the voice talent is not nearly as well known. I just kind of scanned through. Uh, I'm getting a lot of my information by the way from a, uh, a very good website called just simply TV.com. You can pretty much type any TV show ever in there and it will bring up all kinds of good information on uh, episodes, episode descriptions, uh, actors, uh, how many episodes when they were on blah 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 you know it's it's a great resource for information on television shows highly recommend tv.com for that but uh, x-men uh, most of it were unknowns at least people names and things I don't know as well as is some of the names I've mentioned from some of the other shows uh, that I've been talking about so but uh, again an excellent cartoon this one though they have some out on DVD right now not uh, the entire series as far as I know is not out on DVD I'm not sure what the deal is with that I'm, I'm kind of surprised actually they have some episodes in certain collections you know they did a uh, different seasons would have sort of a story arc going about the phoenix saga or something like that and gene gray and everything and they would do a a release of those episodes on a special dvd set but it seems like the entire series you know the individual seasons and in that are not out on dvd as of yet which is kind of a a little bit of a disappointment i've got a lot of these on old videotape uh and I'm sure you can find clips and bits of them up on YouTube and that. So I hope they would do, uh, definitely do a full release, uh, maybe as one big box set of the uh, X-Men animated series. Now, X-Men has been gone on to do a um, other cartoon series. They did X-Men Evolution, which is pretty good. A little lighter take on the X-Men, not quite as serious as this uh, version of the X-Men was. I definitely prefer this one. Uh, of all the X-Men cartoons that they've done, I, I prefer this one the best. Uh, but X-Men Evolution had its good good points as well. So there you go. That's our last, uh, or not our last one, but our, our latest in our line of, of uh, cartoon series to look at. Got just, I think I'm going to cover three more. Going to go through these pretty quick. Uh, here's our next one. is the opening theme to the Cartoon Network's uh, excellent Justice League series. Justice League uh, was the first... The, were the first... Uh, or the name... Uh, I can't talk all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm a podcaster and I can't talk. Excuse me, I'm a podcaster and I cannot talk. I'm sorry. Justice League. Justice League Cartoon Network. The first two seasons were just simply called Justice League. And then starting in Season 3 and then 4 and 5 also... It was uh, changed to Justice League Unlimited, which kind of opened things up for more than the kind of core DC superheroes to be in the mix, uh, which got a lot of interesting episodes then. So obviously, like I said, it lasted for a total of five seasons, Justice League and then Justice League Unlimited. It started in, uh, first uh, showed up in uh, November of 2001 on the Cartoon Network. It was sort of an opening premiere movie, which uh, was very cool. And then it ended just uh, actually last spring in May of 2006, finally ended its very long long and very good run uh, of episodes. A total of, uh, when you combine the series, 91 episodes were put out, 91 uh, half-hour segments, and some were these, you know, sometimes 90-minute special movies. They would do a few of those throughout the run. Uh, Great, uh, great series here. I've always been, uh, like I said again on the comic book podcast, a little bit uh, more of a Marvel comic fan, but how can you not like you know the characters of Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman, the Flash? Uh, really, some uh, again some great uh, casting and voice work here. Uh, one one bit of a unique thing. Well, let me start off with the big uh, the big uh, people in the show. The characters again. You got to use the, uh, they had the voices that they had used on the Batman and Superman cartoon series. Tim Daly and Kevin Conroy sort of replayed their roles here in the Superman and, you know, for Tim Daly and uh, Kevin Conroy for Batman, Bruce Wayne. So that was a nice connection. Uh, Carl Lumley, who was on the Alias TV show, he plays the Martian, Martian Manhunter, John Johns. Uh, a, a very cool, uh, unique little thing or interesting thing I like here is that Michael Rosenbaum, who is Lex Luthor on the current running Smallville TV series, he played the, uh, he did the voice for the Flash on the Justice League cartoon for those that didn't know. Really uh, really cool uh, Guy named Phil Lamar, uh, who uh, played uh, he played uh, the Green Lantern uh, John Stewart role. Uh, Maria Canales plays Hawk Girl Shiera. Uh, Susan Eisenberg is Wonder Woman. Uh, It's just a really uh, good job on this. uh, And I think I misspoke uh, earlier. It is not, uh, excuse me, Tim Daly is not doing the voice of Superman in Justice League. It's a guy named George. uh, I'm reading this now on TV.com. I really, for some reason, I thought it was the same guy, but it's not. The voice is pretty similar. Anyway, it's a guy named George uh, Newburn is playing the Superman Clark Kent uh, and sometimes Kal-El role on Justice League. So not uh, Tim Daly again. Excuse me, sorry about that mistake. Uh, again, boy, uh, the, the the cast, though, the, the, the different actors that they use, uh, Clancy Brown is Lex Luthor again. Uh, it's uh, really a great group of uh, actors. And Justice League, great stories. I just can't uh, emphasize enough how cool these stories and the story arcs were. That they had done uh, on Justice League. And the nice thing about this show, unlike maybe some of the other shows I've been talking about, is they did a lot of these story arcs. There were continuing storylines and things going on throughout the seasons. Uh, There was sort of a bad government agency in the last few seasons called Cadmus, and they were kind of after trying to find out who these uh, superpowered beings were, what their secret identities were. A lot of really interesting episodes. Justice League. Now, this, I do know, this one is out all on DVD because I just picked up a couple of more seasons. I think I've got one season left to buy for Justice League uh, Unlimited, uh, but it is out on DVD. I think they just finally released the last season just a week or two ago. So check out uh, this if you're a DC fan, Superman and that. Uh, really good stuff. Like I said, the first couple of seasons, they kind of stuck to the core group uh Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, The Flash, uh, Martian Manhunter. And then, like I said uh, earlier in the uh, third season, they got to this point where they had Justice League Limited. They kind of opened up the Justice League membership to a lot more superhero types and created a lot more interesting, and, well, not really more interesting, but gave them the opportunity to do a lot of episodes about more uh, obscure characters like the Huntress and... The question, and a lot of uh, you know, a lot of unique uh, characters and, and really neat stuff. So, Justice League, check it out on DVD. We've just got one more to cover, uh, one that's actually currently still running, uh, and I, I think it's pretty good. So, listen to this theme. That's the opening credit sequence and music to uh, The Batman. This is called The Batman. It is on Saturday mornings, still running currently on the WB. It started in uh, September of 2004. We've uh, had 50 episodes so far, four seasons. They're in their fourth season of it. and This is a really cool show. I had a little trouble getting into it at first. The, uh, the basic premise of this one, unlike some of the other Batman shows that they've done, is this that kind of took, uh, took off a little bit uh, of an idea from the more most recent live-action Batman movie. And this is Batman very early in his career. He, this is a very young Batman, first meeting up with some of the villains, the Joker, the Penguin, Catwoman, and, and so on. And he also eventually, in the later seasons, uh, gets a partner. Robin shows up, Dick Grayson. And Batgirl also, as well, shows up, uh, Commissioner Gordon, Gordon's daughter, and it's uh, really a, a cool little show. The animation's a little different. It's kind of uh, it's a little anime style to some degree, uh, where they sort of distort the characters a little, their proportions, and make people look a little different. You know, if you know what I mean about anime, or most people uh, probably have seen some version or, or some movie in anime or a cartoon show. But it's uh, I don't want to overemphasize that. It's just a little different uh, look to this cartoon show versus typical American. Uh, Animation that has um, you know been going on for years, but again, this show is uh, currently running Saturday mornings, WB, and it's it's a nice show. It's 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 really interesting to see Batman early on. He he's not perfect. Uh, he makes a few mistakes, and he you know he's running into these villains for the first time. It, just a lot of neat little things. You get to see all of his gadgets to begin with, and and that uh, really good little show. And it, I think it's gotten really good, especially in the last year or two. Uh, some strong episodes, and again, some really good uh, voice work here in this show as well. Yeah, uh, Reno uh, Romano, uh, not very well-known guy, but uh, but he does the voice of the Batman and Bruce Wayne characters. Re- works real well. Uh, Mitch Pileggi, who was uh, on the X-Files and is also now on uh, Stargate Atlantis, uh, the sci-fi TV show. He plays Commissioner Gordon. Uh, but the again, the voicing, uh, the other actors, not as well known for this show, but they do a good job. And if you enjoy the Batman character, I definitely urge you to check out the Batman running on uh, the WB, Saturday mornings. Uh, they actually had a new episode a couple of weeks back, and I think the first, maybe two seasons of it, uh, maybe more, uh, are out on DVD now. They have released some of this already on DVD. I think his the first couple of seasons are out, so... That's kind of just about brings us to the end of the roundup. Uh, there are a lot of shows I didn't cover more. of. Uh, there are a lot of other Spider-Man cartoon series, especially one in the 90s that I really enjoyed. Uh, a lot of other shows. Uh, Teen Titans is a cool show. I, I didn't watch that one as regularly as Justice League, but that was another a really good show. Even the back in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles days, uh, that was fun. Uh, they had a show called Wildcats that I enjoyed. Lots of great cartoon shows and animated series over the years, and Primarily, I wanted to keep this to a superhero show. I didn't want to get into talking about things like uh, The Simpsons or Family Guy, although I enjoy some of those shows as well. But I wanted to stick to more of the fantasy sci-fi elements of some of these comic book type shows that I've been discussing. I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope it's been uh, interesting for you and maybe uh, giving you some insights and in some shows that you may not have seen and want to check out. Uh, like I said, nice. Uh, it's nice that a lot of these are out on DVD, so they get uh, you get a chance to uh, do that now. Again, in the older days, if you missed it, well, it was pretty much gone. Sometimes we would show up in reruns occasionally on syndication, but that was about it. I'm going to take a uh, short break, and we're going to come back uh, with not one, but two collectible uh, reviews this week. So stand by. I'll be right back. The Scapecast has started its second season, and after winning the highest honor a fan podcast can receive the Parsec Award, what did the crew of the Skatecast do? Kevin and Lindy on codeine, so watch out. <laughs> well, apparently, they went insane. <laughs> Attention. Don't, don't bother, there.
1: here. Stop, stop, stop. That's a new one for me.
0: Howdy, howdy. Ah, fellas.
1: Hey, Ema, whatcha doing? Sword fighting. Woohoo! Crack! Cuckoo.
2: Daft. Yeah. Demented.
0: How long deranged. can that woman talk? But then again, look what their show's about. So
2: much to say. What the frill
1: are you? It's sweeter than a sweet thing. I've got a plan.
2: He made me drink beef. Women. Hot. <laughs> I want to be blonde again. She wants to watch. <laughs>
1: oh, no. Joel power. And yet, such little capacity. Fight me. Wile Coyote would come up with a better plan than that. Sex, she gives me a woody. Would
0: you quit speaking English? The Scapecast is your guide to the wonders of Farscape. You can find The Scapecast at scapecast.org. This
2: is a show that never ends, never ends, and it goes on and
0: on, my friend. Okay, we're back. Uh, This week, I've got two collectibles to talk about. Uh, Actually, I'm going to talk about one, and we have a uh, a listener entry, uh, a guy on the forums. Uh, He's called us before, another fellow collector, Jeff, uh, Jedi Jeff on the forums, I believe is his handle. And he's got a review of a new uh, piece uh, made by a company in Japan. So I'll let Jeff talk about that right now. Hello, sir. I am C-3PO Human-Cyborg Relations.
2: Hi Rico, this is Jeff, Jedi Jeff on the forums. Today I'd like to talk about a new collectible I recently received, the Kotobukai R2D2 and c 3 po Kotobukai is a Japanese company that makes kind of snap together model statues of different Star Wars characters. They usually make them out of vinyl or plastic and these models usually stand about 10 to 12 inches high. I had my eye on this one for quite some time but I hadn't picked it up yet because it's uh, mostly. Um, on it was a bit higher than I'd usually paid on some of the others so I was waiting to find it for a good price. I got that opportunity last week at a toy show and I couldn't resist so I picked it up. The pose that they have for R2D2 and C3 Pro is the kind of the iconic one that they had at the end of uh, episode 4 A New Hope in the uh, throne room when um, Luke and Han were uh, receiving their medals for uh, the Battle of Yavin. Um, both are all highly shined up and cleaned up and probably look at their best in that movie first I'll talk about C-3PO C-3PO is all polished up with a very nice gold uh, coating on him as well as one leg is also silver he came in four pieces his upper body his lower body and then the two arms they all snap together easily and uh, they look great um, the only thing to note is he's got a lot of real delicate pieces on him. So a person should take care when they're assembling them. Like a lot of the other high-end 3 uh, collectibles, collectibles, uh, those pieces are all kind of quite delicate. I kind of noticed when I assembled mine that I kind of uh, snapped off one of the little pieces. Uh, not, nothing major and a little bit of glue will fix it. But a person, if they do get this, they should take some care in assembling uh, C3PO. R2-D2, he came in three pieces, his main body and then his two legs. His two legs assembled to him quite easily and uh, it was easy to put together as well. He's got a lot of detailing on him and looks uh, very similar to what was seen in the movies. He's got little wires at the bottom of his legs and uh, different little panels and detailings look great on him. I really enjoyed this piece and I'm uh, really happy to have it in my collection. And if anyone's thinking about getting it, I really recommend it, as it is a great-looking piece. Anyways, thank you for letting me review this, and back to your show.
0: Well, thanks very much, Jeff, for that excellent review of the Kotobuki? I can't say that. K-O-T-O-B-U-K-I-A. Kotobuyoki? I don't know. I'm sorry. My Japanese is failing. <laughs> anyway, thanks very much for that review of the Koto uh, c 3 r 2D2 piece. I have uh, I have one of the their uh, items, the Darth Vader uh, uh, piece, a really excellent item uh, and they are like uh, Jeff said, they are a little delicate but uh, they do snap together and look really excellent and usually you can get them for a pretty good price. so I urge everyone you know to take a look uh, if you're interested uh, thanks a lot, Jeff for that review again. You can usually find them on eBay uh, at a variety of prices. So, on to the other collectible, the one that I got uh, r- early this week, I believe it was. I got it from our uh, latest uh, friend of the show and sponsor, KM Collectibles. You can find them at kmcollect.com. I received the Yoda 1-to-1 scale Force FX lightsaber from Master Replicas. Now this, this is a very cool piece. Basically what they did, uh, what Master Replicas did, is created a, uh, a one-to-one version, a version of Yoda's lightsaber uh, as it would be seen, uh, full scale at least for Yoda, which makes it obviously a little smaller than a, a typical Force FX lightsaber that Master Replicas has done before that is held by you know any of the Jedi like Anakin, Luke, Obi-Wan, or whoever. And the hilt is uh, the shape and style as seen uh, by Yoda or that Yoda used in, in the like, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. It's metal primarily. It has a few plastic parts on it, but they did a very nice job with it. And uh, the center uh, is what activates. I'll move it away a little more from the microphone when I activate it. It's got the typical uh, cool light-up uh, LED blade, a green blade, of course, for Yoda's lightsaber. Uh, which, uh, when you activate it, it, extends up the blade. Move the light moves up, and then when you uh, deactivate it, it moves back down. It's got the typical sound effects, uh, clash sounds when you when you hit it something with it. I don't recommend doing that very hard, uh, but it does make a noise when you hit something. If you want to sort of duel with somebody else with a Force FX saber, really cool uh, item did a nice job. It only takes uh, three uh, AAA batteries, which the bottom screws off of the hilt to add the batteries to it, which is kind of nice and very easy to uh, to do that and exchange the batteries. Nothing complex to do there. A very good piece. And it, it, it's really kind of cool to see uh, Yoda's uh, uh, version and Yoda's lightsaber in that scale and size, so you get a little bit of a feel for You know, that he's just this little tiny uh, green Jedi guy jumping around uh, fighting, uh, you know, whoever, Count Dooku or the Emperor. So really nice item. And KM Collect, uh, if you go to KM Collect and order this or any of their other great items and collectibles... If you use the TREK SF1 code, you can save 5% off your order. And they have some, Georgia and the site there have some great prices already. So, and I have to say that uh, this one came very fast. I'm not sure if they still have them in stock, but I'm sure if they don't, they will be getting more soon. You should be able to find out from their website about that. And that is my review for the collectible side of things this week. A couple of Star Wars reviews for you. And uh, that will bring us to the end of another week's podcast. As always, thank you for downloading and listening to uh, my uh, podcast. Uh, It's a new month. It's April. Uh, There is a direct link to Podcast Alley on the main treksf.com or treksinscifi.com webpage. Both of those will get you to the same main page. Please, uh, if you get a chance, place a a vote up on uh, Podcast Alley. Or put a review up on iTunes if you're enjoying the show. I really appreciate those always. Next week, uh, I will be announcing what we're going to be talking about next week on the main website very soon, probably later today. Got a few possibilities. It will probably be uh, a Star Trek oriented podcast, uh, but I haven't completely decided. Got a couple of other ideas for shows coming up soon. Trying to always uh, spice things up with a little variety. You know, this week we talked about. Uh, cartoon shows and i've done a comic book podcast recently and i always try to slide in you know star trek episode reviews and commentaries as well and maybe some interviews and the occasional skype call Uh, i hope uh, you know always send me feedback what you think about that I, i try to keep a variety going i know some people uh maybe just like the star trek commentary episodes some people might like the the things like i did today with uh comic book discussions but uh it's uh, it, it's always something, you know. I have a lot of uh, different tastes, a lot of different interests, and when I set out to start this podcast, and as I've been continuing to keep it interesting, also for myself, and and try to draw in other people and other viewers, I, you know, I try to mix things up. Do a show about Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Farscape and other things I love. Something coming up very soon, in probably a few weeks, will be a look at the 1960s Outer Limits show, for example. So that's uh, looking uh, looking ahead there a little bit. I did a show about the Twilight Zone and other cool uh, TV things. So we've got a lot of cool summer and spring movies coming up. Uh, we're only about a month away from Spider Man Three, which is really exciting. Uh, a lot of things coming up this summer, and a lot of new, I'm sure, Star Trek movie news in the next few weeks coming. I think they're going to get be getting really close to announcing the cast soon. That they, they've got uh, they've got to be doing that. They got to start filming this thing pretty soon, probably this summer. At the latest, uh, early fall, they'll be doing that. So, as always, stay tuned for uh, all that information at Trex in Sci-Fi. And take a look at the forums. If you're not a forum member, take a look there. I think you'd really enjoy it. We've had some new members again in the last few weeks. A great group there. And always some good discussions going. And everyone is just so darn nice on the forums, I have to say. I always appreciate that. No... uh, no uh, flaming wars uh, that happen on the internet on forums. Sometimes uh, we don't do that on our forum, uh, which is which is nice. Everyone's uh, really great people there, and I really appreciate their participation always. So, and Rico's just starting to ramble maybe a little bit, but I, sometimes it's good to catch up on things like that. And I, I sometimes want to make sure I, I thank everyone for uh, participating in the show and some of the PayPal donations for you know my bandwidth and web space and equipment, microphones, mixers, all kinds of stuff. It's always appreciated. So, Again, until next time, I'm not sure if we're going to get a Wednesday show out this week, folks, but I will definitely be back next weekend. Until then, enjoy the week. Enjoy the spring-like weather wherever you're at, and I will talk to you again very soon. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye for now. This has been a Rick Dostey Podcast
2: production.